y'all know me, still the same OG, but I've been low key, hated on by most of these niggas with no cheese, no deals and no G's, no wheels and no keys, no boats, no snowmobiles and no skis, mad at me cause I can finally afford to provide my family with groceries, told them all, all them little gangsters, who you think helped mold them all, now you wanna run around talking about guns like I ain't got none, what you think I sold them all, cause I stay well off, now all I get is hate mail all day saying Dre fell off, what, cause I've been in the lab with a pen in the pad trying to get this damn label off, I ain't having that, this is the millennium of aftermath, it ain't gonna be nothing after that, so hello everybody and welcome back to everything else i'm your host nick stewart uh it's been a minute you guys did you even notice did you notice how long it's been it's been almost a year since our last episode and uh, it's primarily because i was writing a book i want to tell you all about that in a minute and that's really what this whole episode is is going to be about but before i do i just want to thank you for tuning back in and not unsubscribing in the interim because uh I know when someone's not producing content, I tend to unsubscribe. And uh, I have some business to get to for all you Patreon subscribers uh, at the end of the show as well. But uh, we'll save that for the end so we don't bore people. So here's the story behind the story. I uh, worked on this book for a few years, technically, um, only seriously for a little over a year. But um, back in 2017, 18 maybe... I had an idea for a character uh, who was this very successful biblical counselor, like theological genius, world famous, like Paul Tripp kind of guy. And uh, this guy basically has lost his faith. And he's struggling with the foundational questions of it. uh, And he hasn't totally forsaken it. Um, and he knows, you know, all the apologetic arguments against what he's feeling, but, uh, he's in a kind of a no man's land when it comes to his faith. And, and because of his uncertainty, he keeps doing his job because it's all that he really knows how to do. So over new years of 2019, um, is that how you say it? It was 2018 going into 2019. So I suppose that's, yeah, that's new years of 2019. So I had a flu. Uh, and I was stuck in bed for a few days, so I finally had time to start writing something. Uh, But back then, I was really yet to, like, I don't know how to describe it. I I wasn't a great writer back then. I could definitely put a sentence together. I was writing, like, some good blogs back then, but I I knew nothing about story structure or character arcs or, or any of that. Uh, but I took a whack at it. Um, I'd written, you know, fiction before. I'd spent, you know, most of my childhood writing fiction, but that doesn't mean that I, I really got anywhere with it and, and became good at it, you know. I uh, I wrote a first chapter while I was sick, and then I just kind of shelved it, you know. I just lost focus on it, and I would return to it every few months and edit it a little, uh, but never uh, would really do anything more with it past that point. Um So that's how it stayed for years. Um, Flash forward to summer of 2021, I took a quiz from Jason Stapleton that was designed to find your specialized uh, skills. And for me, uh, fiction writing kept coming up over and over again. Um, One of the questions was, you know, what's something you enjoyed when you were 14, but you don't get to do it anymore. And uh, I was always writing stories when I was young, but... Uh, got more into nonfiction as an adult. So that's, you know, really what I'd been focusing on for a long time. Um, So rediscovering this thing I used to love 
Um, I figured I had nothing to lose by diving in and seeing what I could do with it. So I read a lot and watched a lot of videos about character development and like Dan Harmon's story circle and John Truby's anatomy of story and like stuff like that. And I really immersed myself in it. And uh, those, uh, those were the things that I, I felt I was particularly weak in when it came to writing. So then I decided I needed a project to work on. And that unfinished chapter about the biblical counselor came up in, in my documents. So I thought, hey, let's, let's work on that. So at, at this point, uh, it really feels like I'm working on someone else's story because I know all this stuff about story structure now that I didn't know when I, when I started it. So I really took what was there and remade and reformed it into an all new story. And, uh, you know, it was a story that wasn't half bad as far as I'm concerned. So the work was just beginning at that point. I want to say it was July of 21, um, I believe. And I worked on that rough draft all the way until February of last year. Uh, I remember because I finished it during the ice storm. Um, most of that was written by hand, which is now my preferred way of writing. And I'm very glad I discovered that. So I did a, a first, second, like all the way up to a fifth draft um, from then until September. And I designed the cover, I formatted all the documents and everything, and I ended up self-publishing uh, through Amazon on November 29th. And uh, it was it was really truly a dream come true to have uh, to have a book published, even if it doesn't mean as much nowadays because you do it all yourself and like anyone can get published technically. Um, it's it's not quite the accomplishment that it was ten years ago, but uh, it still meant a lot to me to to have my name on a physical book and receive something in the mail. You know, um, so you're all caught up on how the book came into existence, um, and if you haven't read it. I'll give you my pitch for kind of what it's about and why you uh, should read it and what you might get out of it. So Finn Miller is the name of the biblical counselor character who's struggling with his faith. And while he's struggling with, with those things, he's trying to expose corruption in the church's leadership. And I always wanted to write a story about church leadership corruption um, and kind of the drama surrounding that because it's something I've seen quite a few times and I always thought it would make a great story. Um, you know, I've been in a few churches that have dealt with uh, situations like that. And the thing that always fascinated me about how it plays out is like these are Christians uh, mostly. Well, you know, sometimes I wonder. Uh, but for the most part, these are Christians who for one reason or another rally around someone in leadership who has done something wrong and they inevitably compromise their beliefs in order to protect that person or those people. I've, I've seen it be multiple people as well. And that's the thing that's always appealed to me about the, the idea story-wise. Um, in, in Black Threads particularly, uh, Finn is dealing with this contradiction of not really believing what he's supposed to believe and still doing his job as a biblical counselor. Uh, while the board members and pastors are also kind of contradicting their beliefs to do their job, which weirdly, um, you know, the job of a board member sometimes uh, turns into protecting a leader who has sinned and covering up that sin rather than 
you know, upholding integrity among the leadership, which is what they really should be doing. So he embarks on this mission to expose corruption and meanwhile has to deal with his own shortcomings because Finn isn't innocent either. Um, Finn is also caught up in some heinous sin. Um, I was really drawn to the theme of living a contradiction, and I think it's something, uh, hopefully to a a lesser degree, that uh, we all deal with as Christians, Um, hopefully not without repentance. Uh, You know, we have God's law and believe in a biblical morality, a right and a wrong, and yet we constantly fall prey to sin. So in that in that modicum of an example, we deal with this problem of at times living at odds with what we really believe. And perhaps that reveals what we truly believe in, in reality. And that's another thing about contradiction uh, that's interesting to me is uh, maybe we just think that we believe something, but our actions reveal that we believe differently. And when we sin, we put ourselves in the place of God. Uh, you know, we believe that we have the right to do this thing, making ourselves the the moral decider, even though the, the true moral law giver has said differently than, than what we feel, you know? So maybe if you constantly lie to control situations around you, it reveals that you don't trust God to arrange the things around you for your own good. And it, it may also reveal that you put yourself in the place of the sovereign to control those events. You see how that works? And that's that's how most sins work. I've, I've really never found a sin that that doesn't apply to. Like most sins are you somehow putting yourself in the place of God. So that's one thing I wanted to explore in the book. Uh, another theme was the longing for oblivion. Um, this is this is more of a subtle theme that's really threaded throughout the whole book, but not as prominent as the themes of like faith and justice and belief. Um, this was a pretty self-indulgent choice for the book, if I'm being honest, because uh, writing for characters who hate themselves and want to die is uh, just fun. You know, I, I hate to say it, but <laughs> wildly self-destructive people are incredibly fun to write for and the cool thing about these characters uh, well cool you know in a matter of speaking uh, the, the cool thing I guess about these characters is that everyone except for maybe one or two of them exhibit some form of self-annihilation uh, whether that's through drinking or suicidal ideation ruining relationships building up these hopelessly large expectations, um, you know, in role models only to be really disappointed um, or even to be, you know, destroyed by their own ambition. Another thing that inspired the book was uh, the story of Jim and Pam in the office. Um, In in modern American storytelling, uh, I think Jim and Pam are one of the ultimate love stories. You know, they have a long story of how they came to be with each other that uh, stretches over multiple seasons of the show. And uh, as much as I may love Jim and Pam, uh, you have to admit that their story is horrendous. Uh, I mean, Jim uh, pursues her while she's engaged to another man. He ends up kissing her and she breaks it off with her fiance. And then he ends up dumping another chick to be with her later. Like there's this tendency in love stories to justify adultery um, as sort of a means of like 
overcoming something so the characters can find their true love, you know? So I wanted to write a story that painted the opposite picture of adultery, you know, one where uh, no one ends up happy because of the infidelity, you know, one where no one is, is really happy in the end and, and something, you know, that it's, it's something that has disastrous consequences. And that brings me to the final note on the book without spoiling anything, is that it is a tragedy. You know, in classical storytelling, you have comedy and tragedy. Comedy ends happily and tragedy ends tragically. You you get it. So of the two, this is a tragedy and probably in ways you're least expecting. And, and that's all I'm going to say about that, I think. So I'm pleased to tell you that the book is available on Amazon. It's called Black Threads by me, Nick Stewart you're listening to him. Um, you can, you can search for that on Amazon or you can follow the link in the show notes to buy it. I'm also happy to say that I'm working on the next book. Uh, I've been writing it for a little over three months now. What's it? January 2nd, I think today. So, um, been writing it a little over three months and, and that's, uh, that's coming along well. Um, and it's a lot different than black threads. Um, I won't say much, but, um, mostly because there's always the outside chance that it doesn't, I I don't finish it (laughs) and it never comes to pass. But I I think I can safely say it's a horror story. And I I made many intentional kind of cosmetic choices to make it stand out against black threads. Like there's really no religious elements in the story as of right now. Um, I guess I should say like overtly religious elements. I think like good and evil is always you know, kind of in the religious realm of things, but, um, I wanted to go more metaphorical with this one. And that's just a luxury you don't have when you're writing a story about, uh, Christians in a religious setting. You know, I think that's where a lot of Christian fiction, like Frank Peretti and stuff kind of falls short because it's really hard to be subtle when, you know, the characters believe such specific things. Like there's not a lot of moral ambiguity in Christian characters, you know, and the morals of the story always end up uh, being more overt than that. And, and it's, it's also hard to, to leave um, certain spiritual elements ambiguous uh, when the, the lead character, like in Black Threads, is a theological genius. You know, if the lead character is a theological genius, then the narrative has to know some level of theology for the story to make, you know, any sense, I guess. And uh, this new story, you know, also has absolutely no cigarettes, which uh, if you haven't read Black Threads, you don't know. But I, I use that for some very convenient symbolism throughout the book. And uh, even I think it got to be a little bit much. So there are a few things like that. I, I did to really differentiate this new book and uh, I look forward to telling you more about it as it comes along. So maybe next week I'll read a passage out of black threads and maybe I won't. Maybe you tell me if that's something you want. Maybe I just days ago got my copies of black threads in the mail, <laughs> even though it came out over a month ago. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give you guys an update. Um, I want, I think this is our first podcast back. We're not going to miss, you know, more than a week at a time from now on. This is going to be consistent through 2023. 
And I wanted to start out by talking about the thing that kept me from the podcast for so long because I, re I really did think about podcasting the whole time and really just couldn't justify spending any of my free time on anything other than the book until that was done. Like I was very motivated to get it done. Um, so now I'm glad to be able to share that with you guys and I'm glad to be freed up to come back to the podcast. So thanks again for tuning in after such a long absence. This is not really meant to be the one-off episode to promote the book, even though that's probably how it comes across. Um, you know, this is, this is our first episode back and, um, I'm hoping to remain consistent. So at the, at the time, you know, the book and the podcast and work and everything else in life just, uh, got to be a little too much to handle all at once. So I, uh, I took what was meant, you know, only to be a few months off from the podcast to finish the book, but it turned out to be a lot longer than, than I had expected. And I'm sorry about that. Sincerely. Um, you know, you guys have been very loyal to me and to what I do, and I need you to know that I don't take it lightly. Um, so, you know, I'm committed to providing you content. Now, a little housekeeping while we're on that, um, on that subject of committing to producing content, uh, before we close the show out here, Patreon subscribers, man, thank you for your continued support. Big apology owed to you. And I... I, I thought that I had canceled all Patreon payments while I took my hiatus. And then one of you lovelies pointed out to me that uh, you were still being charged and you had to end your membership. So that really bummed me out. Not because I lost a member, which sucked, but mostly because um, you guys were not supposed to be paying for something you weren't receiving. So I felt like a piece of crap when I realized... I was still taking your money. Um, so, you know, uh, you shouldn't be paying for something that I'm not producing. So I refunded you guys as far back as I could possibly go in the history of the payments. And that's all I was able to do. I've made sure that you haven't been charged since then by manually going in and pausing the billing cycle at the start of every month. So that definitely should not be happening anymore. If it does, please let me know. Which leads me to my next point. I will be resuming Patreon payments. Uh, I should qualify that. Let's say this. Let's be very careful about the statement. It is my intention, God willing, to keep producing this podcast at least once a week, if not more. And, and if I keep that up, I'm going to resume Patreon payments, I think, in March. My goal is to start charging again in March. That way you guys get two months, uh, or I guess almost two months of free podcasts and you have almost, you know, two months to cancel your membership if you don't want to pay for it anymore. Either way, I totally respect whatever choice you make. I mean that I don't want anyone to feel bad about whatever choice is right for them. But if you stick with me, I want to thank you in advance and just say that I don't deserve to have you as a, as a subscriber. Uh, so sincerely, I mean this, whatever you decide, I'm just glad you're still listening and give a crap about this at all. Listening to the podcast is the most important thing you can do to support. A review is, is up there. Supporting on Patreon, uh, Patreon is, is just, you know, above and beyond what I deserve. So, uh, also new website coming up. Um, you know, for, for anyone who's still listening at this point, uh, I've been working pretty hard on it. Uh, it seems my old website has been taken over by the Chinese. <laughs> I'm really bummed about that one. 
Um, it, not the death of death website, but my Nick Stewart website, um, got taken over, I, I guess. Um, someone owns Nick Stewart on everything. Um, nickstewart.com, nickstewart.org, like all those, as well as all the social media handles. Um, so I was really stoked, like, I guess about a year ago to procure nickstewart.net. And, uh, I thought that that domain was on auto renew um, so that it would just keep renewing and I would own it forever. And I guess I was mistaken because it is no longer in my account uh, on the website from, from which I bought it. Um, and it, it looks like Chinese spam when you uh, log on. So that's life. I, uh, I have now cornered the market on Nick C. Steward. <laughs> I am Nick C. Steward on Twitter and Instagram probably a few other social media platforms. I sign up for stuff and forget about it all the time. Um, and I now own nickcsteward.com. Uh, that's the letter C, not S-E-E, like I see you. Uh, <laughs> it's not up and running yet, but it will be very soon. It's where you'll be able to get uh, the podcast um, uh, along with whatever podcast app you're subscribed on. Uh, my book, any blogs I write, uh, maybe some other upcoming stories uh, that might be a good place to host like some short stories and stuff uh, And that's also where I'll be handling other business I conduct because I am planning to start offering my services as a writer for sales copy editing and ghostwriting among any other thing um, So I look forward to announcing when that website is up and ready for view um, if you haven't followed me on social media yet, like I said, I'm uh, Nick C. Stewart on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter has been pretty great these days. You know, no matter what they tell you, it's, it's fun out there. Uh, follow me over there and let's get canceled together. That's what I say. I, uh, I mostly just reply to politicians and tell them that they suck. Um, you know, I, that's the kind of moment when you tweet at Joe Biden with the words, you suck. That's the moment that you realize you're living in the future, and the future is great. Is there any other generation? Back to George W. Bush. You could not get close enough to the president to tell them that they suck, and now you're able to tell their public persona that is definitely not run by them uh, that they suck. And that's ah, I just that's pretty cool. I don't know. Um, thank you, Elon. So, uh, all right. I think that's, that's all I got for this one. So thanks for listening, everybody. I will catch you next time. I am going to make it through this year if it kills me. I am going to make it through this year if it kills me.
says to me, she says to me, you're so cool. The way you really showed up tonight, I don't know how you do it. But I can see it when you lit up the room. She says to me, she says to me, you're so sweet. The way you really brought it tonight, I don't know what you are. But I can feel it when you lit up the room. And I can see a sudden look of surprise in her eyes. It's her eyes. She can see me when I lose the disguise. The disguise. The disguise. Yeah, I can see a sudden look of surprise in her eyes. It's her eyes. Yeah, I can see a sudden look of surprise She says to me, she says to me, you're the one Can I come over tonight? I don't know how you do it Guys.